guys, it's Meg. What's up? What's poppin'? Welcome back to the podcast. Most of us have chewed a piece of gum at some point in our lives. Some of us have a favorite flavor and brand we like to chew. But what is the history behind bubblegum and why is it so popular? And honestly, this was not the original topic I was going to do for episode 10 of season 4. Originally, I was going to do a whole podcast on daylight savings, you know, the history behind it. Are we doing it this year? Are we not doing it this year? What's going on? But then I started to do some research on it and I got bored. I'm going to be real. I got bored. I couldn't find a lot of information. And I was like, you know, what? if I'm bored doing the research, there is no way you all won't get bored listening to me talk about daylight savings. So instead, I was like, what can I do in place of this episode? And this is what inspired the story. Let's cue some back in time music again. Back in time music. So at this point, it was a few weeks ago. I went in my bag and I got my pack of gum out and I looked in and I had three pieces left. And I said, oh my God, there's no way I'm almost out of this gum. I feel like I just opened it. But I went to the cabinet where we usually keep the gum in my house and there was not a single pack in there. I was like, where is all the bubble gum? We have so much because my dad usually brings it home. So I went up to my dad and I said, yo, dad, where's the bubble gum? He's like, what are you talking about? I brought that. He can't find any at all. He's like, Megan, there's no more gum in the house. I said, what? So the first time in probably like 10 years, I had to go buy my own bubble gum. And I was confused because usually when my dad brings home the gum for me, I get like a few choices. It'd either be the trident one, the blue one, or the green one, the orange one, which is like fruity or cinnamon, or he'd bring home take five, the blue pack or the green pack. But I went to the store because the first time in 10 years I had to buy my own gum. So I went to the store and I'm looking and there were so many options. I was a little overwhelmed. I was like, what do I do? I felt like a kid in a candy store because you know when you're little and there's all those bubblegum flavors and you want like the ones that are like so much sugar in it, but your parents said, no, I could have bought that if I wanted to, but I didn't. I ended up going with icebreaker, raspberry sorbet and extra polar ice, which let me tell you something. I thought I liked extra the brand. I don't know. It's just not hitting the same as the other ones. You know what I mean? But my favorite bubblegum flavor of all time, it is seasonal. It only comes out in the winter, but it is by Trident and it is their candy cane one. It is 10 out of 10. Recommend. Honestly, that's what inspired this whole podcast episode was because I had to buy my own bubblegum for the first time in 10 years and I was overwhelmed. So we're going to talk about bubblegum. Because you know, as a kid, like I mentioned before, you want all the ones that are like super, super sugary. You want the hubba bubba, the bazooka, which let's just skirt skirt for a minute because I thought this was a known thing and it turns out it's not. But did you ever know the bazooka bubblegum song? I don't know how much copyright that is, so I can't put that in, but you should look it up. There's two versions of it. One version, when I was in middle school, we got banned from singing it. The other one we could sing. Hey, what's up? It's Editing Meg. And you may be wondering, Megan, how did you get banned from singing a song? Well, let me tell you. There's two versions to this bazooka bubblegum song. One version counts down from a dollar. It goes a dollar, a quarter, a dime, a nickel, a penny. But there's also a version that goes from a penny, a nickel, a dime, quarter, a dollar, and then five dollars. And five dollars may or may not say, my mom gave me a five. She told me to stay alive, but I didn't stay alive. I choked down bubblegum. And then there's like the whole dance to it. And at the end, you fall to the floor because you choked down bubblegum. And you know, at the time, little me didn't understand why we weren't allowed to sing that song. So I'm like, what are you saying we can't say this? Like, it's just a song. But now I get it as an adult. You know, it's kind of morbid, kind of dark. And I understand why they said no. There was bazooka. There's also juicy fruit, fruit stripes, or that baseball one. I can't think of the name of it. Editing Meg already has to come in because I didn't write down. Sorry, but editing Meg. The name of the bubblegum that I was thinking of is called Big League Chew. Yeah, that one. I actually saw that one at my job, and it's so tempting to get it sometimes. You know, when you're a kid, you want all those sugary ones. But when you're an adult, you want, like, the minty ones. You want your polar ice, your winter mint, your spearmint. This got me into thinking, 
how there's so many different types of bubblegum in the world. So there has to be some history behind it. The first source we're gonna use is from history.com again. I know I keep using them. The second one that was really cool, but I saved that one for last because you know, the best for last. But the article from history.com that I use is called Chew on This, the History of Gum from August 22nd, 2018. And let me tell you, there's a lot of history behind bubblegum. Like I do not know this. I feel like the more I podcast, the more random facts I learn which is great. Don't know when I'll ever use these facts in life, but now you have these facts too. Northern Europeans chewed birch bark tar 9,000 years ago. Yeah, you heard that right. 9,000 years ago, they were chewing on this bark. Some of them did it for enjoyment, but others did it for medical purposes like relieving toothache. There was also the Mayans who chewed chicle that came from the sepadia tree as a way to quench thirst or fight hunger. This one's really fascinating actually. I find this so cool. Aztecs also chewed chicle and they had rules to it. Apparently, only kids and single women could chew this gum in public. Married women and widows could only chew privately to freshen their breath and men had to always chew in secret to clean their teeth. Like what? There is etiquette behind chewing gum? That blows my mind. Native Americans chewed spruce tree resin and in the late 1840s, John Curtis developed the first commercialized spruce tree gum by boiling resin, then cutting that into strips and coating them with cornstarch to prevent sticking. Then in the early 1850s, the first chewing gum factory in Portland, Maine was made. Isn't that crazy? Like there's so much history behind bubblegum. Who knew all this? And there came along probably a name that most of us know today because this gum is still around today. But William Wrigley Jr. was a soap salesman in Philadelphia who moved to Chicago in 1891. In 1893, he launched Juicy Fruit and Wrigley's Spearmint. Can we all just take a moment? I literally referenced both of these gums. Well, I definitely referenced Juicy Fruit. Don't think I represent Wrigley's Spearmint. I did talk about Spearmint in general. But these two gums that are still chewed today in 2022 were apparently made all the way back in 1893. Do you know how many years that is? A lot. I can't do math like that, but actually let's do the math right now in the middle of the podcast. 2022 minus 1893, 129 years. These two bubblegum brands have been around for 129 years. That is mind-blowing. There are certain things that don't even last like two weeks in this generation, but 129 years blows my mind. There was also another man by the name of Frank Fleer, who tried making bubble blowing gum. Cause you no, know, before it was just chewing, you can really blow bubbles with it. But now he's trying to invent bubble blowing gum. And in 1906, he made blibber blubber. I'm not even joking with you. That's literally what he called it. He called it blibber blubber, but unfortunately it failed for being too sticky. So then in 1928, a Fleer employee by the name of Walter Dimer made the first commercial bubble gum known as Double Bubble. Again, this is another brand that is still around today. We gotta do the math again. This one's not gonna be as big, but 2022 minus 94 years, 94 years, double bubble has been around. That blows my mind. And you know what else blows my mind is as I was doing research for this podcast episode, I came across this website called gumassociation.com, which is, and I'm not even joking when I say this, the International Chewing Gum Association's website. Yep, you heard me. There is a whole association dedicated to chewing gum bubble gum. Like what? So this is their story of gum and where it comes from. There's a lot of information on their website, but they start with BC Agent Times. And honestly, a lot of this is repeated information, but 
we're going to repeat it anyways. So they said, ancient times. Prehistoric men and women chewed on lumps of tree resin for enjoyment, and they're known as the first ever gum chewers. Then ancient Greeks had tree resin to clean their teeth and freshen their breath, which is known as mastica. Like we said before, Native Americans chewed on tree sap, and early settlers combined tree sap and beeswax for their version of chewing gum. Then in 1848, the first commercialized chewing gum was made by John B. Curtis, the state of Maine spruce gum. In 1969, the first patent for chewing gum was issued to William F. Semple, who was a dentist from Mount Vernon, Ohio. In 1888, Adam's chewing gum, known as Tutti Frutti, which what? Another one. We've had that today. Was sold in vending machines that were located in New York City's subway station for the first time ever. So before this, they would like mail it to people. You could buy it at the store. But now you could buy bubblegum from vending machines. In 1906, the first bubblegum was invented by Frank Henley Flair, which we already know as Blibber Blubber. But then was changed and adapted to Double Bubble by Walter Dimer. In 1920s, William Wrigley Jr. was the first to promote the sale of branded goods through advertisement. Because before this... There was a bunch of different types of gum, but nobody was advertising it the way that he decided to do it. In 1930s, chewing gum and cards became a thing. Pictures ranged from war heroes to Wild West to professional athletes on these cards that were then also given pieces of bubblegum with it. The Topps company sold baseball cards with bubblegum. They made it more popular for cards to come with bubblegum. From 1940s to 1960s, the U.S. military traded and gifted gum during and after World War II in all different parts of the world, from Europe to Africa to Asia. In 1950s, the first sugar-free chewing gum was created. And then in 2012, I find this so interesting, the EU approves five health claims. So on May 15th, 2012, they approved five generic health claims specific to sugar-free gum consumption and its proven links to some dental health benefits. You know, chewing gum isn't as bad as people say it is. And then the same website also gave 12 fun facts about bubblegum, so we're going to talk about them. The very first fact is chewing gum is one of the oldest candies in the world. Number two, natural gum resin, chicle, comes from the sapodilla tree, had a unique way of retaining flavor, and helped popularize chewing gum. Number three, spearmint, peppermint and cinnamon are the most popular flavors in today's world. Number four, the first successful bubblegum was pink because it was the only color the inventor had left and pink remains the predominant color today. Number five, the largest bubble blown was 23 inches in diameter and was recorded on July 19th, 1994 by Susan Montgomery Williams of Fresno, California and is in the Guinness Book of World Records from 1998. Number six, Turkey has the most chewing gum manufacturers in the world, they have more than 60 producers. Number seven, more than 1,000 varieties of gum are manufactured and sold in the U.S. alone and even more in the rest of the world. Number eight, the longest recorded gum wrapper chain was 7,400 feet in length made by Kathy Ushler of Redmond, Virginia between 1969 and 1992. Number nine, Lonnie Donegan achieved some success for his 1959 song. I quote, this is the actual title. It is really this long. The song was known as, Does Your Chewing Gum Lose Its Flavor on the Bedpost Overnight? You know, he should have got success for having the longest song title in the world, too. Number 10, Dave Grohl, the founder and lead singer of the Foo Fighters, chews gum while he performs because he said it keeps his mouth moist and his vocal cords 
fresh. Number 11, chewing gum in school is often frowned upon, but nowadays many teachers use sugar-free gum as a reward because it is said that chewing gum can aid in concentration, which I believe like when I used to take tests, I used to chew gum all the time because I also heard this fact once, I don't know how true it is, but I've read something once that let's say you're chewing like spearmint gum while you're studying. If you then chew that same flavor gum while you're taking the test, supposed to help you remember things. And number 12, our last fun fact about bubblegum is during his playing career, Michael Jordan would chew double mint gum during basketball games to concentrate. So who knew bubblegum had this much history and was actually this interesting? Like honestly, I was just doing this podcast episode because I am very passionate about bubblegum. I think I chew it at least five out of seven days a week, sometimes even more. I love gum. I'm always having it on me. Like I was that person who always had gum on me. And like, you know, when you or chewing a piece of gum, like you pull it out of your bag and you're going to put a piece in your mouth and then people just look at you. And then like you have to give them a piece because if you don't, you feel like a jerk. And like next thing you know, you're giving like your whole pack away. It always happens. Why? I never knew that there was this much history and facts behind bubble gum, but now we both know. So the next time that you have to buy yourself a pack of gum or you're chewing gum, just know that that piece of candy has so, so much history, might have some health benefits, and it's probably not going away anytime soon. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Hey Guys, It's Meg. You can follow Hey Guys, It's Meg underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter for updates and good times. Come back for our 50th episode of Hey Guys, It's Meg next Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time where we're going to talk about being that girl and what it means to be that girl. I'll see you all on the flip side. Peace out, Girl Scouts.